37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. you were going to say something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was. I was going to wait for you, and they'd be like, hey, guess what, listener? <laughs> These in the night part, fuck you. Probably not going to happen this century. No, that's coming, but it, it's <laughs> ironic because I had it just about ready, and then Steven and I were talking, and he's like, hey, let's just do like a really easy episode with like some creepy pasta and Reddit stories. And I was like, hell yeah, dude, that's cool. Like, you know, this Friday, uh, Scary Stories, the movie comes out, which is based off of those scary stories to tell in the dark. So it's just a, a great week for us just to share some scary stories. Yeah. And then Stephen, unfortunately, uh, he called out sick to the show about three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Poor fellow's got a got a bug that's been going around work for him. So, oh well, we shall prevail anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we'll make it. It might be a shorter episode, guys, but that might be in order from that last one because that last episode is pretty heavy. Woo! Yeah, but you know what? We got a ton of really great feedback from that episode. Yeah. Whether it was, holy shit, that episode was very intense or holy shit, that episode was great. <laughs> yeah. Or, holy shit, why the fuck are you drinking Milwaukee's best? Well, you know what? Fuck you, Eric. I'm drinking it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Oh, that's good. Ah, yeah. What am I drinking? I'm drinking an unlawful assembly brewing company, Idle Time Passion Fruit Pineapple Wheat Beer. Well, somebody's a beer snob. Hmm. I prefer beers that have nine different words in their names. Yeah, I just garnish mine with some sea salt to make it taste less like toilet water, but. <laughs> you just made a dollar store sequence ale. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. Well, on this episode, guys, I think we'll call it... <laughs> what was I going to call it? Uh, uh, hang on a second. Yeah, I was going to call it Creepy Stories to Tell in Your Pasta. <laughs> because I'm going to share a couple of these classic scary stories to tell in the dark uh, stories as well to set the mood because uh, Corn Dog, our, our buddy Corey... He uh, actually uh, wants to come on and do an episode after that movie comes out and discuss the lore and the history of these books that Alvin Schwartz did and Stephen Gamel illustrated. And so that'll be a lot of fun. I think we might do that. Um, let's shoot for episode 109 because 108. Are you guys sitting down for this? Yes. It's it's 84% it's guaranteed it's going to be Thieves <laughs> of the Night Part 3. <laughs> I love how this fabled episode has become like a, a running joke for the show. Like people are coming up to us and saying like, oh, hey, I was really looking forward to Thieves in the Night Part 3. Yeah. <laughs> and to my surprise, I downloaded the episode and it was like a big fuck you to me. And I'm like, well, that's <laughs> right. well, not how we intended it, but. <laughs> but we talked about like, you know, body parts being made into Frankensteins and frozen steins yeah. and mummies and. I know, you know, you get what you get. Sometimes you get what you pay for in this in this show. Yeah, which sometimes is nothing. I lost track of what I was doing there. Okay, well, why don't you start things off, Presto? Speaking of stories, and give us a little bit of your old-fashioned <laughs> uh, fake news, huh? When the facts don't matter, you are fake news. Yeah, here we go. Wife of Apollo 15 astronaut claims her husband was raped on the moon. That's right. <laughs> one of NASA's most successful manned flights ever achieved is under scrutiny after allegations of sexual abuse by the wife of one of its former astronauts. Reports are from the Houston Gazette. Widow Ooh. Gertrude Irwin, 93, which is important, so keep that you know in the back of your head, says that her husband, James Brown, 
or James Benson. <laughs> hey, get on up to space. <laughs> get on up. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> James Benson Irwin was sexually assaulted while he was part of the ninth manned mission to the United States Apollo program and the fourth to land on the moon. Irwin says that the 50th anniversary celebrations of Apollo 11 landing and the Me Too movement have prompted her to come out and share her husband's story. My husband, Aww. yeah, my husband neverly open said who raped him on the moon, but it was a two man mission, so it wasn't that hard to figure out. Ouch. I guess when two guys secluded for days in close quarters without any women around, it's an accident waiting to happen, she admitted. Woo! Once Irwin told me how blankety blank kept masturbating and droplets of semen floated across the shuttle. Oh my god. <laughs> this story's <laughs> fucking terrible. Uh, their daughter, Eileen Irwin, who was also interviewed by the Houston Gazette, warns reporter that her mother is currently mentally unstable and hu- under heavy medication. No NASA spokesman was available for comments at the time of this publication. But that's no one not can all. See this, but I just covered my own face with my hand. <laughs> God. But that's not all, Sean. <laughs> Sounds like a two-story mission, huh? It is a two-story. Moon astronaut admits on his deathbed, Obama could be an alien. Anthony Irish Thompson, the last NASA astronaut to set foot on the moon, has deceased. What? That's the worst. Has deceased. I need you to use your words, Preston, and make them loud. This is what the article fucking says. NASA moon astronaut has deceased yesterday. Oh, who is phone? (laughs) Yeah, who is phone? (laughs) Anyways, uh, he died at the age of 98. Uh, let's see, during a four-hour-long operation, a lung was punctured and complications led to the famous astronaut's untimely death. Before he died, the astronaut made revelations about alleged top-classified information that shocked his family, friends, and the whole NASA community. He was being operated for a tumor in his lung, but the operation was too much for the old man, explained Brett. Who the fuck writes this? <laughs> this is just shit. He wouldn't take the painkillers. He grabbed me by the hand with my ear next to his mouth, and he said, uh, Obama was not human. He was a hybrid being, half human, half alien. I never believed in aliens, but my dad went to the moon and worked for NASA all of his life. He worked in Area 51 for more than 20 years. I don't know what to think, but I had to tell the world just in case it's true. Strangely enough, it is not the first time a high-ranking official has accused Obama of possibly being an alien. Iranian General Amir Kadef also claimed a similar story since Barack Obama's election all the way back from 2008. So fuck you, all you people out there who hate on the real birth certificate. This motherfucker is an alien. Don't need one. He's got a NASA one. All right, I'm obviously done. Silence, cricket. Uh, I'm out of here. Did you did you read that one before? No, I <laughs> no, I just I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna win in blind, dude. Oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a, a little Russian roulette with these news stories, and we got droplets of semen floating in outer space, and Obama's an alien. Oh man, that. Uh... <sighs> yep. Well, yep. hey. You're you're one for two. That ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! It was either well, that or or uh, uh, husband uh, rushed the ER after reportedly getting his head stuck in wife's vagina. I didn't think you wanted me to read that one, so I was like, astronaut oh semen, my it God, is, dude. Boom. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even know what <laughs> to think I just for. apologize. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I think I think I'm gonna try to steer the shit back up and uh, get back to the actual main topic here, buddy. Go semen. <laughs> it just it was the world's worst fan fiction for the Apollo moon landing. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Well, 
what we wanted to do after after what Preston just did uh, <laughs> was just share some some fun ghost stories. Um, I got a couple here from the more scary stories to tell in the dark series, and then also uh, I've got some stuff, some uh, some creepy pasta and uh, Reddit stuff to share with you guys too. So uh, I think we'll just jump right into it. Okay. I think what I'll do is make a sandwich for you, Preston. I'm going to give you one scary story to tell in the dark, and then two or three uh, creepypastas or uh, Reddit. Actually, they're not even creepypastas, really. They're from the subreddit Paranormal Encounters. Am I supposed to I'll guess finish... if they're real or fake? No, I don't think so. Um, that's just the gamble. I think it's a little a little safer gamble, maybe, than what you did. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, of course, you have you know the subreddit Creepypasta, which is notorious for people making up their own ghost stories, but... You know, we, we take it with a grain of salt, and we hope that the r slash uh, paranormal encounters actually is uh, people sharing their real real life encounters, real life paranormal stories with us. So I'll give you I'll give you a scary story to tell in the dark, and then I'll give you you know two to three uh, Reddit stories, and I'll finish off with another scary story to tell in the dark. That sound good, dude? That sounds like a, a plan, Sam. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to start it off speaking of sandwiches with a little tale here called The Wonderful Sausage. One dark, rainy Saturday afternoon, a fat and jolly butcher named Samuel Blunt had an argument over money with his wife named Eloise. Blunt lost his temper and raised <laughs> Blunt lost his temper and killed Eloise. Then he ground her up into sausage meat and buried her bones under a big flat rock in the backyard. To keep the murder a secret, he told everybody she just moved away. Blunt then mixed his new sausage meat with pork, then seasoned it with salt and pepper, added, added a little bit of sage, a little bit of thyme, and a bit of garlic to give it a special flavor, and then he smoked it in his smokehouse. He called it Blunt's Special Sausage. There was such demand for his new sausage that Blunt bought the best hogs he could find and started raising his own pork. But the pork didn't have the right flavor, so he also had to keep a sharp eye out for humans who might make a tasty sausage meat. One day, a nice plump school teacher came into his shop. Blunt grabbed her around the waist and ground her up. Another time, Blunt's dentist came by. He was a little round man, and into the grinder he went. Then one by one, the children in the neighborhood began to disappear too. And so did their kittens and puppies. No one ever dreamed that Blunt the Butcher had anything to do with it. Things went on that way for years, and then one day Blunt made a big mistake. A fat boy came into the butcher's shop. Blunt grabbed him and started to drag him off into the back of the sausage parlor to the grinder. But the boy broke loose, and he ran out of the shop, and Blunt chased after him, waving a big butcher knife. When people saw this, they realized at once what had become of all the children and the missing grown-ups and the kittens and the puppies. An angry crowd gathered around the butcher shop, and no one knows for sure whatever happened to old Butcher Blunt that day. Some say he was just fed to his hogs. Others say he was fed to his sausage grinder, but he was never seen again, and neither was his wonderful sausage meat. And I'll have to include the image that Stephen Gamel drew on here. You know, he painted this because it's, it's again, it should be noted, these books were something that were released, you know, in the 80s, and I think I was five when I first read this book because it was just something random that was on my bookshelf when I was a kid. But these drawings were so morbid, just so fantastically morbid. Did you ever oh, yeah. get to read these? You, you read them, right? Yeah, I read all of them. I, I used to have all of them at one point in time. Hell yeah. I just went out and bought the uh, the box set not too long ago of these bad boys. <laughs> you can actually find them at Target right now for like 25 bucks, I think. But you know like you know where you messed up, though, in that story? What's that? Was the segue. Oh, what, tell me what it should have been. In other related news, uh, sausage you can't milk, (laughs) 
<laughs> Boom! <laughs> Gross. You and your damn space semen. <laughs> but you know what's funny is these books that uh, Alvin Schwartz, you know, wrote, he was basically taking folklore all from America and other nations as well, and he was trying to find, you know, the best told versions of these stories. And then he kind of uh, sometimes rewrit, sometimes he rewrote them, sometimes he just included them straight from the source. But this story surprisingly um, had a little bit of truth behind it. Apparently, back in 1995, there was this killer named Joe Metheny. Have you ever heard of him, Joe the Cannibal Metheny? Nope. He was this great big, like hulking man, six uh, over six feet tall. He's a big old boy. I'll include a picture of him as well. But he was a uh, a serial killer who would lure prostitutes out to his uh, his shack, his trailer, and then you know after he had his way with them, he'd murder them, and then he'd cut the meat up and put it in Tupperware bowls, and then put that in his freezer. And as a way for him to get away with it, he claims that he'd mix the women's uh, flesh with other animal meat, smoke it and then serve it at the little open pit beef stand that he had on the side of the highway. Huh. Yeah. He says human bodies uh, actually tasted very similar to pork. If you mix the two together, no one could tell the difference because the two meats were so close. And then whenever he would, uh, whenever his special meat, quote, would dry up, he would invite another sex worker out to his trailer have his way with them, and then just, you know, murder them, hack them up, and then boom, next thing you know, hey, soup's on. Oh. But, uh, oddly enough, this... More than one way to get us some prostitute sex jerky. <laughs> Gross. Have you no shame, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, very much, uh, very similar to the story I told you about the little fat boy running away, that's actually how he ended up getting caught, is um, the actual woman who he invited the last time out to his trailer actually escaped and ran down the side of the highway and I believe uh, made it to a patrol station. I'm sorry, made it to a, uh, a petrol station and called the police and then she was picked up. But he actually didn't get arrested right away. Um, eventually he was caught, however, and he claims that he killed a total of five people and ground them up and fed them to people. Wow. Yeah. So, again, uh, it's all hearsay. I don't think they've ever truly been able to prove this happened. But there is another story I'll share sometime of another family who did that same shit. And when they were busted, they actually found um, sausage in their freezer that was tainted with actual human meat. So, Well. Yeah, we'll get to that. Let me get these <laughs> let me get these Reddit stories brought up here and we'll just kind of get after it because some of these are pretty fun. And I actually kind of cherry pick some that would kind of relate to each other. That way we can kind of maybe have a little bit of conversation throughout here. The first one is very short and very sweet. Reddit user Rainbow Dragon 8767 one day ago said, Has anybody else experienced something similar to this? This happened to me last night, and I was wondering what it was and if something similar has happened to anyone else. So here's what happened. It was around 3 in the morning, and I was laying in bed trying to fall asleep. Out of nowhere, my muscles started to tense up, and I started uncontrollably... Hang on, I gotta get a drink here real quick. Out of nowhere, my muscles started to tense up, and I started uncontrollably quivering. I could still move my fingers, so I knew it wasn't sleep paralysis. And I was fully conscious too, so I knew I wasn't having a seizure. I thought it maybe it was something paranormal because I could feel the presence in the room despite the fact that I was alone. I had felt the presence of spirit <coughs> I had felt the presence of spirits before, but nothing as strong as this. I could see what was going on around me, but it was really hard to recognize things and I couldn't focus my vision on anything else. Finally, my lights flickered, and I snapped out of it. It felt like hours had passed, but it really only lasted about five minutes. I hope this makes sense. I just wanted to put it out there to see if anyone had similar experiences, or maybe even to find out what happened to me. So I don't know, Presto, it's right around the witching hour. What do you think? 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. He's probably dreaming. <laughs> right. That's, uh, that's one of those things that happens right before you're supposedly able to astral project as your body uh, kind of tenses up and starts quivering. And then yeah. you're able to kind of spring right out. I mean, a lot. So a lot of people feel like something's like picked them up and slammed them back down into the bed, and and like things like that. So usually, like when people are actually projecting and they like they realize it, and their body slams back down, their astral body slams back down into their their, their physical body. That's when you get that quivering, or that's when you get that um, on the cusp sensation. Oh, I see. I see. Listen to you, professional. Yeah. <laughs> so up next from Reddit user Kenna Bobby says, I was possessed. In high school, I would always bring my Ouija board with me everywhere. One day, like usual, I would bring it to the cemetery late at night once I would sneak out of the house. Okay, so these aren't always the best punctuation. One day, like usual, I would bring it out to the cemetery late at night. Once I would sneak out of the house. It was myself, my ex-girlfriend, and her two friends who I've never met, Josh and Mason. They came to pick us up and we went. We decided to go to one of the fancier graves with a wall and a gate. Not a very tall wall, just like a pony wall almost. We told them, do not take your hand off the planchette, and they agreed, and so we began. We were opening the portal by moving in circles faster and faster and faster until we weren't controlling it anymore and gave whoever was there our energy and our power. We asked if anybody was there and Josh got scratched. Information here that's important. Josh weighed about 375 pounds and I weighed about 110 pounds and I was very weak. I had a hard time even struggling with groceries. Once that happened, we realized his hand and everyone else's hands were off the planchette, and we were screwed. From that point forward, I started to feel this weird feeling of being really light, and like I was almost in the air itself, and I felt my mind was spinning, and I couldn't know what I was doing, or who I was, or where I was. All of a sudden, I remembered telling them we have to find Anthony, and if you remember... We don't have an Anthony with us, nor do I, or have I ever been friends with an Anthony before. Yeah, who the fuck Anthony? <laughs> I start heading towards the center of the cemetery, towards the place where they keep the bodies in the walls and not in the ground. And I'm walking everywhere, and I mean everywhere, just to find Anthony. I walked around the cemetery about four times before I stopped upstairs where Anthony was. He was the fourth one from the bottom and three over. There he was, a firefighter who died in a fire, giving his life to save another. His name was Anthony Martinez. I touched his grave, and then I blacked out. My ex-girlfriend said I ran to Josh, picked him up, and threw him over my shoulders, and I ran him down the stairs and threw him in the grass. Next thing I remember... I'm walking up to the car and being driven home. But when I wake up, I was already awake and I was laughing at them thinking they're stupid as I'm waking up to my ex saying things that she needs to call a priest and the Vatican to get an exorcist for an exorcism. I black out again and I wake up in my room. The next day she says they dropped me off at my house and I was waiting for someone to help me out of the car. They helped me out, and I held my hand up high for them. And I held my hand up high for them to help me home. I'm 5'8 at the time, so they had to be over 6 foot at least. That doesn't make any sense. And there was nobody there, just Anthony probably helping me. Not sure exactly if he ever left or he's still with me, because I've never gotten the exorcism. But oh well. Fuck <laughs> it. Oh, man. I feel your pain now trying to read some of these because you got to try to correct their grammar <laughs> as you're reading these. Yeah. <laughs> uh. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, 
I, I've got some pro tips pressed in here. I've got pro tips from user Slated Dreams. And I haven't read these yet, so uh, here we go. Pro tip number one. Never say the name of a demon, let alone type the name of it, because it's an open invitation for the demon to come into your life, such as the Zo... <laughs> there being Zozo. Cute. Such as the Z-O-Z well-known demon, you get the rest. Such as Zozo. Never play with a Ouija board without a psychic medium around. After using a Ouija board, destroying it with fire and then getting it blessed by a priest should help repel anything dark you conjured. Maybe like the ghost of a firefighter. The older board with the worst things... The older the board, the worse things that will come through. Burn sage incense or a sage bundle in your house or hire a medium slash priest to do it for you. This should help to cleanse yourself and your house of demonic and negative ghost presences. Keep a dream journal. If you have a sleep paralysis moment when you awaken from your entrapment, record the events. Record everything, not just on paper, but also in a digital format as well. You may see certain colored animals in your peripheral vision that aren't actually there. The species of the animal and the color of the animal could be an omen for something good or something bad. Deja vu exists. If you have a dream about something and you either forget it happened or don't remember it happened and then it happens the way it happened in your dream, Fate could be trying to give you a heads up or tell you something. Do not insult demonic or negative entities. That may draw more unwanted house guests. Start reading into paganism and other religion and other religious beliefs on the paranormal along with mythology. This was if you see something and you can accurately identify the phenomenon. Keep a journal beside your bed separate from your dream journal. Write a message into your spirit guide and repeat the question out loud. This may give you a chance to speak with your spirit guide or gain invaluable advice and guidance from them. And if you feel threatened or at danger, be sure to salt the damn place. It acts as a ward for spirits of all kinds. And uh, <laughs> I decided to keep some of these comments in here because they're pretty great. The first comment from the fuck shittery says, also, you don't need to burn the Ouija board. Just learn a banishing ritual and use it in your session. Damn, this guy's just throwing shade. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit in the name thing. Knowing and using a demon's name gives you some power over it. Use it to banish the demon if it becomes pesky. That's a good point. If you're getting haunted or, or possessed or stalked by Baphomet, it might be a good idea to tell him specifically to leave. Otherwise, you're just going to be casting out any of the good spirits or ghosts. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Agreed. I think you should be that you shouldn't summon a specific demon by name. If you're using a board to identify, though, learning and properly using the name can give you power over the entity to banish it. People summon demons by name all the time to get results. Not just through Ouija boards, but some through serious occult rituals. Alright, nerds, now you're just swinging dicks about some... Yeah, belief. dick swingers. Dick swingers, don't be a dick swinger. And then the last story I got here I thought was kind of interesting. Reddit user Dizzy underscore 500. The purple-blue devil horn deformed humanoid. Long story not that long <laughs> so first some backstory my dad and my stepmom moved into a new house i'm a female 14 years old at the time ever since we moved into this home we've seen heard and felt a lot of strange and unusual things all my life i've experienced things but this house is by far the most i've experienced i will definitely post more about everything that's been going on but for now, I only have one small experience to share. It's quite concerning and different from everything else we'd experienced. Let me get a sip of Rooney here. For the past couple months, 
we've let my dad's sister, my aunt, and her girlfriend live in our trailer. In our yard, we have a big property. We've had a lot of issues with them, mostly small stuff. But recently, though my aunt and her girlfriend had a huge fight and one thing led to another and we ended up having to kick them out a few days later. Anyway, the point is my aunt and her girlfriend are no longer living with us and they definitely did not leave on good terms with us. Now another thing to note is my aunt is a Wiccan. This may be important later. And has gotten into some pretty messed up stuff. We have no reason to believe she's ever done any rituals or stuff like that on our property, though. So now the real problem. Yesterday night, I heard many different sounds outside my room. Thumping, banging, footsteps, and even at one point, screaming that just seemed to be ringing in my ears. My stepmom has also experienced this, so I know we both can be crazy, right? Now, all this is normal for our house, but that night it just felt different. Darker, even. The next day when my dad got home from work, he told us what happened to him the night previous. Apparently, he suddenly woke up and a dark purple or blue humanoid man thing was standing directly above my stepmom. <laughs> I say that right as a police car drives by. Can you hear the sirens? Nope. <laughs> My dad described it as having horns like the devil, and there was blood dripping from its fingertips, although nothing was found on the floor the next morning. He described it as an evil, and the whole room's atmosphere felt evil too. Of course, when he opened and closed his eyes, it had disappeared. My stepmom recounts feeling my dad suddenly look up and hearing him say something along the lines of, What the fuck is that? She apparently felt a presence too of some kind standing, standing directly above her near her face. So obviously we all have questions. We've never felt unsafe in the house before. And according to my dad, this was evil. And he's not one to lie about this kind of thing. And I definitely believe him. Now, I'm not very educated on Wiccan culture, but I definitely believe my aunt could and would do something to harm us. But I'm not just sure of what. And that's where it ends. Oh. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of the story you told us about Jeffrey. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that little, uh, you know, angry raccoon that pissed everywhere that actually was uh, Lucifer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Do I need to retell that story again for, like, a refresher? Dude, if you know the deets, yeah, go ahead and put it in there. Yeah. Why not? So it, uh, it was the early 90s um, because uh, Jeffrey... No, it wasn't the early 90s. It would have been the late 80s because Jeffrey wasn't born yet. And uh, so it would have been 87, 88. And uh, her mom and her dad had just gotten married and her uh, brother and sister... Um, they were three and five at the time, uh -huh. and they were all living out in uh, Derby, and uh, they were in uh, like a, tra uh, a trailer park. And uh, her uh, dad was an over the truck driver, uh, over the road truck driver. Maybe mm -hmm. I should say that right. And uh, so he was out on the road, and uh, her, you know her mom's Wiccan, and she's uh, was constantly like you know getting doing things like uh, one time the, they summoned a banshee out in the uh, Las Vegas desert um, <laughs> and uh, so uh, you know uh, th it was late stormy stormy night and um, the the mom was like doing a ritual and they she needed like a, a bible with um, like a rosary bead out of it to do like a like a you know like a white light prayer like you know get the make sure no evil and blah 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 yeah and uh so the the sister was walking toward the back and she was like it, it got ice fucking cold and uh there was like this growl and the door burst open from the back room where the bible was and there was a shadow of a uh, a man with horns and this demonic smell like sulfur and so, like, the mom freaked out and got the the, uh, the brother and the sister in the car. And as they were driving away, they could see the, the shadow of Satan 
or what uh, Sarah later described as uh, the goddess, the god Pan. Uh-huh. And so the first time I met her dad, I'm like, hey, um, you remember this story, right? Because Jeffrey told me this story, and I'm like, honey, there's no fucking way like that crazy shit happened. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, um, well, so I came home the next day, and there was a bunch of urine all over the kitchen, and um, there was a hole in the floor. So I'm pretty positive it was just a raccoon that got pissed and, you know, peed everywhere and uh, tore up the floor. But, uh, you know, if you're into that crazy sort of thing and want to think of, you know, the devil, all right, all power to you. But it was just a pissed off raccoon. End of story. <laughs> Why does he sound like Morty? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez, Jeffrey. You know. It was, a, it was a mad raccoon. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I, uh, I'd i like to know more, more of the antics that they pulled, you know, besides that. So the when they're in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Uh, they were out in a, like a, like a little, uh, like tin can shitty hole in the wall trailer out in the middle of the desert. And um, Jeffrey was like four at the time. Mm-hmm. And her brother and her sister, you know, they're now like eight and eight and ten, um, eight and t- twelve. And uh, it was a stormy night again. And like her, her, they kept hearing like this, ah! and like this. <laughs> they kept hearing weird, this. Oh, jeez! Oh, oh, jeez! It's the raccoon again, Rick. <laughs> and um, so, like. Jeffrey was like, what is it? You know, because she's like, you know, she's a little kid. She's like, what? Is that an owl? And then the brother's like, stay away from the windows. It's a goddamn badgie. And then oh, I wow. guess the, the story was that, the, the uh, you know, her mom was trying to conjure something out of a, a w- w- Wiccan book and uh, ended up conjuring a banshee. And they kept she kept telling the kids that if they opened up the windows or looked outside, that the banshee would suck out their soul and kill them. And so they basically spent like four or five hours in distress because they kept hearing this loud screeching and like banging against the the the, the trailer and it was like rocking it back and forth like whatever was hitting it could have mm-hmm. been the windstorm, but right. or it could have been the banshee was hitting it so hard that it was actually rocking it off the off the the foundation and wow it around yeah holy so. shit dude. Yeah. And, and Jeffrey remembers this herself. Yeah, yeah. And uh. then there's other. She's got other stories of being, being in that area where, after her uh, sister and brother moved back home, it was just like her and her mom. That um, um, in Las Vegas, the she would like in the middle of the night she would hear scratch marks, um, and then the next morning she would wake up, she would open her closet to get dressed, and there'd be like like actual like claw marks in on the uh, like the closet door. And uh-huh. the, the fact is, like, you know, there were there were no signs of, like, an animal breaking in or animal tracks, but she would just always hear it, like, three or four in the morning. She would hear, like, these weird noises and then, like, uh, like a scratching noise, and she could always find the three claw marks, like, on the, on the closet wall or, like, on the bedroom wall. And uh, she just, you know, she grew up never knowing, like, eh, I mean, it could have been an animal or it really could have been my mom because, you know, she was always doing, like, dark seances and shit. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Huh. Interesting, man. Well, you know, when you start messing with that kind of stuff, even if you're just kidding around at the beginning, they always say that uh, the more you mess with it, the more you look into it, the more things start looking back at you. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I think the more you dabble with it, the, the bigger chance you have, if you want to believe that kind of thing, is a bigger chance you have of actually summoning something unwanted. And she doesn't remember this, but her brother and sister always told her that when she was little and when they lived with her uh, grandmother um, out by Augusta, out in the country, Uh that uh, she used to claim that she played with a little Indian girl who choked on a hot dog. And um, her her brother swears that one time that she saw or he saw her rolling a ball down the hallway and then somebody was throwing the ball back to her and when he went down the hallway there was nobody there like it was just being thrown back just out of the an air. empty package of hot dogs dogs yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's creepy as shit too so how old are her siblings now um Dorothy's like 38 39 and Albert's um let's no Albert's 38 and Dorothy's 39 
40. Oh, wow. So they're a little yeah. older than Jeffrey then, just not not yeah. by much, but okay. Yeah, because I'm 30. Let's see, I'm 30. I'm, I'll be 36, and Albert's, uh, Albert's three years older than me, so. Okay, gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Well, let me share one more of these uh, stories from Paranormal Encounters on Reddit. This one is called Abduction or Sleep Paralysis? Question mark. About two years ago, I was laying down on my couch in the living room at night, trying to fall asleep. We had a new baby, so I'd frequently sleep out on the couch. As I was laying there with my eyes open, never fully noticing any lapse in consciousness, my body became paralyzed. I couldn't move a muscle, and I started to float off the couch. I then began floating towards the window, and then through the glass panes of the window itself, as if it was not there at all. My body was flat and as rigid as a board, and I was passing through the window head first. At the very second my feet were passing through the window, in the blink of an eye, I changed directions, and I began floating inside. I almost felt like I did actually make it outside and somewhere else, except my memory was erased. Anyway, I floated slow, feet first back towards my couch, and in the same manner as I had just been brought towards the window, I was reversed. I was gently laid back down on the couch. I began struggling so hard to move, to speak, to breathe, anything. Several seconds passed by before I finally regained control of my body. And I swear I jumped up and I ran to the bathroom. I stripped all my clothes off and I began inspecting my body for marks of alien tests. LMAO. I was so convinced that this this sorry, I was so convinced this was not sleep paralysis or something like that, since I literally had been laying on the couch screwing with my phone, I turned it off, and I never even shut my eyes. It was the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me. I even ran and woke up my wife and told her about it because I was just dumbstruck by the whole thing. Now I'm 30 years old. This probably happened when I was 28 or maybe 27 in Riverside, California in the U.S. I've always been interested in paranormal occurrences, and after finding a Reddit and checking out these other stories, I had to share this. I'm a general contractor, I have a nice family, and I live a pretty normal life, not out gallivanting around seeking out weird shit. Although, I would like to, haha. Anyway, what do you think? So this first, and that was by Reddit user Kawadell. So Grizzly Girl says, Both my spouse and I and others we know have had identical experiences as you. And we lived in a good place, same as you. If you want a referral to a good hypnotherapist who can help you remember what happened after that, let me know. This person says, Do you think it was some kind of astral projection? Like that type of thing? Or an out-of-body experience? Did your whole body go with you, or was it just your spirit? I, th- I mean, listen, Jerry, if you didn't see any droplets of astronaut jizz floating around, <laughs> it was probably an out-of-body experience. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. I like that one. Well, presto, let's take it home, and I'm going to put the top bun on this sandwich. Woo! And I'm going to share with you perhaps the most terrifying tale to ever be written in a scary stories book. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let me... let me <laughs> Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> mm. I'm going to fire away, baby. Flog away. <laughs> this song is from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. That's the first mm. book of the trilogy. And it's called... The Viper. A widow lived alone on the top floor of an apartment house. One morning, her telephone rang. Hello, she said. This is the Viper. A man (laughs) said, I'm coming up. Somebody's fooling around, she thought, and hung up. 
You a have half to do hour. this whole story in a German accent. <laughs> a half yes, hour this later. Is Viper, yeah? <laughs> a half hour later, the telephone rang again. It was the same man. It's the Viper. I have to be up soon. The widow didn't know what to think, but she was getting frightened. Once more, the phone rang. Once more, it was the Viper. I'm coming up now, he said. <laughs> she quickly called the police. They said they'd be there right away. When the doorbell rang, she sighed with relief, and she ran over, and she thought, They're here! But when she opened the door, instead of a police officer, there stood a little man with a rusty bucket and a cloth. And he spoke, I am the Viper. I wish to wash und wipe the windows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's like the dad joke of all scary stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Viping the windows, yeah. All right, well, uh, we hope you enjoy that lighthearted episode of Tomfoolery and... Uh, you know, I think we did all right for a makeshift episode because Steve kind of had some of the guts of that one and he had to bail on us. So, yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? Well, thanks, guys, so much for listening. Thank you all for the kind words from that last episode. And we want to give a big shout out to our buddy Eric, who, uh, you know, he told us he had a couple of guffaws while he was in the uh, gym <laughs> <laughs> working out and laughed out loud a few times. So that's awesome to hear. All right. You got anything to plug, dude? Yeah, listen, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow a beard that will make your astronaut pal drop to his knees in zero G, <laughs> then check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and lather yourself in those scents such as mint, Dundee cedar, fresh, classic bay rum, tobacco, uh, or sweet tobacco, citrus, you don't want to just do it all and check out Big Dobbs and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off of your order on us. Yeah. It's yeah. our gift to you. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Drop to their <laughs> knees and zero cheese. <laughs> you are a wordsmith, sir. I try. <laughs> uh, check out our buddy Mark's solo cast, Pixelated Sausage. Check out his video series on YouTube called Attack the Backlog. Preston, what's my favorite race car podcast ever? Sports Cars Unleashed. Boom shakalaka. Check out our friends over at gunslingersoap.com. And check out our Instagram account. That's where all the real shit's popping. We are PXL Paranormal on Instagram. We have a Twitter. It's seldom used. We do have a Facebook page. Check that out. And uh, otherwise, anything else you can think of, Presto, that we need to uh, discuss did and you, discuss? Did you say uh, if you, if you got a question, if you if uh, you have a have a story, anything, email us at email us at pixelatedparanormal. At gmail.com. You know, I should know this because I'm the one that set up the fucking YouTube account. Oh, yeah. go watch our fucking YouTubes, too. And there, I mean, there's half of them are up there, but check them <laughs> out. There's a couple of live ones. Those are good, and you might get some rough cuts. So go do that, and uh, you know what? Stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. There you go. And one last announcement here real quick, guys. If you're in the Wichita area or you want to make a trip worth your while... Pop on over to Wichita on Saturday, August 17th. Our good friends, the Bearded Monkeys, are doing another facial hair competition. The second annual Middle of the Map. Ooh, and one of our listeners is going to be a judge for that. And he asked me because I showed him my uh, fucking Mothman patch for my beard vest. Oh, right. And he was like, oh, oh my God. Are you, are you going to that? I'm like, I don't know. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? When is it? And then he sent me like the whole invite thing. I'm like, well, fuck. I mean, if you're going to be a judge, then I have to go now. So <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, it's a good time, man. These are always a great time to just meet people, hang out, uh, just hang out with some, you know, some really awesome people, see some great facial hair. The, uh, the guys and the gals involved are always, you know, some of the best folks to hang around with. You always have a great time. And this time around, I believe they are raising money for Lexi's Lamb. 
But uh, cool. yeah, generally all the proceeds for these events go to really awesome fundraisers and, uh, you know, help help raise some money for a good cause. It's 20 bucks to compete or just 5 bucks to get in and watch. Yeah, and it's a steam, steam, steampunk uh, themed. Yeah, and there's yeah. going to be a raffle, vendors, food trucks, and beards. Yeah. So why wouldn't she? I this think is gonna the be Viper's the... going to gonna have the Vela. <laughs> it's a Viper. <laughs> so uh, are you are you gonna wear a whaler? Is that what you're gonna do? Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm gonna compete this time, and cool. uh, I think I'm gonna do the eighth stink, uh, stinking Lincoln. <laughs> there you have it. Your good old friends, the pixelated paranormal, will be there. That's still one of the like, best things that ever happened at that horror themed one a few months back. Whenever the uh, the the MC was like, "All right, next up we have Sean Swope, and uh, who do you represent?" And I'm like, "I represent Pixel Pixelated Paranormal, Paranormal." And he's just like, "What the, what the fuck is that?" that? <laughs> Which means that you're gonna have to get to the logo imprinted on the back of my vest between now and then. Yeah, let's take off that uh, whatever that patch was on the back of there. But yeah, we could do that, man. See if we have time. Yeah. I'll yeah. see if uh, see if I can make that happen. So, cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for checking us out. Um, and then, otherwise, you know what? Rate and review us on all your listening formats. Uh, iTunes, give us a rating. Give us a review. We'll read it on air. Um, otherwise, yeah. Like Presto said, send us your listener stories, your questions. We've got a listener who is a childhood friend of mine. His name's Cody. And uh, we've got some pretty cool, uh, pretty cool stuff to share on the next episode when Steve's on. Uh, it actually has a little bit to do with the Thieves in the Night uh, topic. And uh, I have to say, he opened up a whole fucking can of worms I'd completely forgot about growing up. So thanks a lot, Cody. <laughs> oh. Yeah, more on that next time around. When we finally deliver Thieves in the Night Part 3. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll catch you all next time. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.